Brown, Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense, based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. thought about it, the funnier it became. And the laugh was on me, because there was I, Roger King, the smart private eye, itching to tell the Baroness von Oltz that there was a plot to plant her with a fake diamond pendant. And the Baroness was fake herself, or was pretending to be. I couldn't decide which. All I knew was that the Baroness and Elise St. Crease were the same dame. I kicked that intriguing fact around in my head for the rest of that day, and came evening, I was outside Marcia's apartment door again. Hi. Hi yourself. Or are you? Uh, not yet, but I've got the wherewithal waiting. Come on in. I kind of thought you'd be calling tonight. Well, that's nice. And so is this room. Cozy lights, warm fire. <laughs> and I pulled the lounge up in front of it. For you and Rodney? Rodney won't be over tonight. Oh. I'll pour us a drink. Oh, why don't you relax? Hey, that's a great idea. I never felt more like relaxing. Me neither. Here we are. Thanks. You don't have to sit as far away as that, do you? Move closer. Here's to crime. Here's to our partnership. What's the setup for tomorrow night? It's all fixed. The ball starts at nine. You pick me up here about ten, we'll go over to Palpy's office and pick up the pendant. Then we head south and meet Rodney. Sounds simple enough. Uh-huh. So we don't have to think about it anymore. Suits me. Roger, you're smart. From right outside the whole thing, you picked up even more than Rodney knew. About the St. Crease woman and everything. Just luck. Private eye has to have some luck sometimes. Otherwise, it goes broke. Now you're being modest. You know, it's not fair. You being handsome as well as clever. Lady with a line like that, you leave me breathless. Girl has to watch points. You can't be too careful about choosing a man. I'm ditching Palvi only just in time. And there are moments when I find myself wondering whether Rodney's really smart enough to get by. Hmm. Run about now, I think I could move even closer. I think you could, too. I picked up Marcia promptly at ten the next night, the 18th. She had two of her suitcases packed, and I put them in the boot of the Dodge, and we drove round to the offices of Overseas Enterprises. Marcia had all the right keys, and as the elevator wasn't working, we used the stairs. Hold the flashlight up while I find the key. Sure. It's nice that Povey trusts you so much. Yeah, isn't it? Ah, this is it. Well, come on. Let's not waste any time. It's in his office. Turn on the light now, I think. Okay. Where does he keep it? In the safe. I don't see any safe. It's a wall model. Behind that picture. Have you got the key to that? It's a combination lock. But don't worry. The picture slides up. Mm-hmm. Now. Ah. Six. No. Oh. Six. Two. Seven. That's it. And there it is. Oh, look, Roger. The Carmel Royal Pendant. 
Hey, it's really something, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. But not real. Oh, Polly! That's right, Mr. King. Just keep your hands by your sides. This gun and I aren't joking. Why, why aren't you at the ball? Because that pendant's a fake. As big a fake as you, my dear Marcia. It's very funny, isn't it? I hope you both appreciate it. The real pendant turns out to be a fake. It can't be. But it is. All the planning, all the double-crossing. For nothing. I took it out tonight for another look at it. And then I noticed something. Something only very few people would have the knowledge or experience to see. It's very pretty. Very well made and worth about $1,500. An expensive phony. But a phony. Who pulled the switch? The beautiful Elise St. Crete? I suppose so. Though I don't know how she could have done it. Where does she fit into this picture anyway? I met her in Europe about six months ago. She talked to me in vague terms about the possibility of doing a deal. She didn't mention the name of the Baroness, but the plot was outlined to me. I told her I'd think it over. I did. And when I got back here, I decided there was no good reason for cutting her into the deal. I could handle the whole thing myself. Sure. Why split profits if you don't have to? Exactly. When the Baroness arrived and I got the job of fixing the clip on the pendant, I realized the Baroness was who Elise St. Crease had been talking about. She called me a day or so later and told me she was over here and what about her deal? I said I wasn't interested. Then she threatened me. That was when I hired you to keep an eye on her. Uh Uh-huh. The pieces fall into place. But I didn't think Marcia was planning to double-cross me. Well, you know how it is, Paul V. One good cross deserves another. She won't get the chance to try it again. I'm going to kill you, Marcia. <gasps> and your private eye friend will join you next. Take it easy, Paul V. That won't get you anywhere. If you cool down, we can still make some dough out of this deal. What are you talking about? Did you ever see the Baroness von Holtz? No. I'll bet you didn't. She'd take care of that. You see, the Baroness and Elise St. Crease are one and the same. What? That's right. But why would she want to rob herself? I think I figured that. Was a cunning caper. Even baronesses can be broke. And I think at one stage she must have been so broke that she sold the pendant. Not in its original form, of course. It must have been split up. It's too well known to to sell any other way. Yeah. And at the same time, I think she had a fake maid. The one in your safe right now. Go on, King. Then Doe gets short again. And she gets another idea. If her pendant should be stolen, she could claim the insurance money. But if it is stolen, she has to make sure it doesn't turn up again. Because it's a fake. Yes, I'm beginning to see it. Sure. She puts up the scheme to you that she should be robbed of a fake pendant at the ball. The one you would supply while you kept the one you thought was real. She knows the fake one stolen from her will be destroyed, and the original will be returned by you to the insurance company. But here's where you get the big laugh. When you return what you think is the original... Elise, or the Baroness, whichever you prefer, has a look at it and yells, fake. The insurance people check up. They find it is a fake. And that means the Baroness collects the insurance dough and you're left without even a fake pendant. I I, I don't believe it. Can you make the facts fit any other way? Of course not. You're right, Roger. That was why the Baroness couldn't be known as the Baroness to you. That's why she took the, the name of Elise St. Crease. Well, all that dirty double crossing. Uh-uh, Paul that doesn't really come well from you. She was just too smart for you. And how do you think we can make money out of it now? We should like to know that, too. What? Watch him, Johnny. I am. You! You fooled me! I'll... I am afraid poor Mr. Polvey will do nothing anymore. Very stupid of any man to try shooting at a man who is behind him. Marcia, I'd better introduce you. This is the lady we were talking about. Elise St. Crease, alias the Baroness. And the gentleman is named Johnny, alias, I presume, the Baron. So, 
You worked that out too, Mr. King. It just came to me like a flash. Oh, you have more brains than we credited you with. Like the late Mr. Polvey, he did too. We picked him as a so-called expert who wouldn't notice the fake. But he was a better craftsman than we thought. How did you get here? We noticed Mr. Polvey had left the ball. We thought it might be wise to follow his example. Johnny, we are wasting time. Yes, of course, my dear. We're going for a ride, Mr. King. And I'm going to enjoy our farewell. Though I'm afraid I can't say the same for you. Drop that gun. What in Drop it, pal. <coughs> That's better. I always feel safer when I'm the only guy with a gun. Well, well, well. Just like a daisy chain, isn't it? Polvey holds us up, then the Baron holds Polvey up. And now little Rodney holds the Baron up. Oh, Rodney, I'm so glad you came. Are you? I wonder. I just got an idea in my head that maybe you and King were trying a little funny stuff. Stay where you are, King. It's okay, Rodney. I just want to grab this gun. Get him, Johnny! Oh, no, don't try it, Baron. Freeze! I'm just aching for an excuse to let you both have it. Marcia? Yes, Roger. Go downstairs and call the cops. Wait till they arrive and then bring them up. Tell them I'm here with the Baron and his wife, and we've discovered they stole the pendant. Tell them you're Polvey's secretary and that I was working for Polvey, and he's been murdered. Got it? Yes, Roger. I've got it. I'll be as quick as I can. Well, this is nice and cozy now, isn't it? You know, Johnny, I never liked you from the off. From that time, you hit me over the head when I wasn't looking. I assure you, the feeling is mutual. But I don't think you've got any nerve at all. Behind that tough front, I think there's only a watermelon. Big talk when you have two guns. Mine and your own. We'll see. Elise, come here. Yes? Here's your husband's gun. Take it by the barrel and walk backwards toward him. If you try to turn, I'll shoot. Very well. Now, we'll see who's the better man, Johnny. When she gives you the gun, Elise can count to three, and then we'll fire. You are going to fight a duel with me? Unless you're too scared. That I have never been accused of. Okay. Hand him the gun. Now start counting, honey. One. Make your last wish, King, quickly. Two. Three. <laughs> you hit him, Johnny! You hit him! But not so badly as he hit me. Don't go for his gun, Elise. It's only my shoulder that's got a slug in it. I can still pull a trigger. <laughs> You've been a sucker, Baron. How? Oh. There was only one thing wrong with the setup. When the cops turn up, I could explain Rodney's death. He could be one of Polvey's assistants who turned up because he wanted to rescue us from you. But the trouble was that though he was shot with your gun, Johnny, it had my fingerprints on it. Now it has yours. Why? You, you... We shall tell the police the truth. And who do you think they'll believe? They're coming now. Smile, suckers. This is Carter Brown. You've got to hand it to Roger King, haven't you? He may have been befogged in the beginning, but he came in fine at the finish. I couldn't let him do anything else, could I? He's a hero. My next book's got a different kind of leading character, Richard Van Bryden III. I've called his saga Malice for a Multimillionaire because that's what he is. 
So this is Cotterbound saying so long for now. Be seeing you. For a King, you heard our star Terry McDermott as Roger King. The Carter Brown Mystery Theatre, based on the best-selling novels by Carter Brown, is dramatised and directed by Maurice Travers for Grace Gibson Radio Productions. Mm-hmm.